I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Tuesday, May 12, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. We got stuff going on. So you're going to want to pay attention. We're going to throw in a lesson on looking at different time frames and how to assess the trend of the market based on the different time frames. The point is you could have two different trends going on at the same time on two different time frames. You can make money on both. More importantly, what's jumping off the daily chart at us? It's obvious we have a reversal candle on our hands. Now, there's a number of things going on, so we want to take this one one step at a time. We're going to take it slow. We have to distinguish a couple of things. First, we have to distinguish what goes on in these videos. We're going to separate it by what goes on inside the numbers during the trading day. And then, and we might as well have this conversation now, how do you get into a trade if you're waiting for signs and signal of a reversal, for example, We talked about it last night. They're taught in the course, so there's a variety of signals. So guess what? We got one today. The problem is when you look at it at the end of the day, that's when you have the bona fide signal. Now traders are looking and say, hey, the market's already down a lot, so I'm kind of screwed, aren't I? And the answer is, no, you're not. That's where inside the numbers comes in. We were short, or I shouldn't say we, traders who chose to be short were short based on hourly closes. The SPY or the S&P 500 closed hourly below a certain price. Once that happened, it was deemed bearish. What was that price? 290.91. That's the top line of the bottom two. I just changed it to red. 290.91, that was an important spot. The reason I bring this up is because at night when I'm doing the video, I don't know what's going to happen the next day. I can only tell you what's happening at that point in time based on the closing of the market on that day. So was the market doing anything of a bearish nature yesterday? And the answer is no. It was hanging around the recent highs. Hanging around the recent highs, not being rejected, already had a pullback right back to the recent highs. The market looked like it wanted to continue going into those moving averages. That was what the market was signaling. However, when you fast forward to today, all of a sudden, it's a different tape. You have to be able to adjust in real time. This is a game time business. You have to show up in uniform every single day. Let's just go and put a little concept to work and then we're gonna go back to other charts. Here's a 15 minute chart. Here's 290.91. You can see at 13.30, which is 12, pardon me, 1.30 in the afternoon. After it hit that number, you can see the importance of that number as the market began to basically create a bearish flag formation that was also cited inside the numbers. Here's the hourly chart, just to prove a point. Here's the first hour they were down there. The close is 290.80, slightly below by 11 cents. The following hour, what's the closing price? 290.85, down below by six cents. Two hours in a row, closes within pennies. That's the market's way of trying to indicate something's up. 
pretty good time to look at the pre-market notes and the rest of the commentary inside the numbers. I want to show you two opportunities that came up during the trading day. One to the long side, one to the short side. We've got something for everybody. First of all, it's Turnaround Tuesday. And by the way, yesterday the duck was higher prices in the S&P 500. Guess what? Using the 80-20 rule, as it turns out, it was in fact the ugly duck. However, again, it's a real-time business. You have to be able to spot this stuff unfolding in real time, be able to hop on board, be able to profit because you're able to read the tape. So last night, they went down. Then they came back up. It's giving traders the hint, the indication that they already went down. They had a recovery. Here we go again. Their sellers just aren't that interested the bulls continue to recover the market, take control. That's another sign of higher prices. In fact, that was trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew at work. Did they trick me over the last couple of days? I would have to say the answer to that is, yes, they did. But here's the difference. There's tricked and losing money, and there's tricked and hopping on board and getting the ride and not really getting tricked. But in reality... It was seeing it when it was available. And that's the way a pro trader approaches the market and looks at the market. By the way, check out the middle. What most traders and investors probably don't realize is they're setting up another classic, buy the rumor, sell the news. What do I mean by that? Buy the rumor of the whole economy opening back up. The market goes up, up, up in anticipation of everything getting back to some kind of normalcy. As we get really, really close to that eventuality and things start to open back up, certain states are opening back up, certain counties within states are opening back up, things are opening in part. So this was really step one, step one and a half, and all of a sudden, here we are, sell the news. Kind of funny how that works. Let's go on through the commentary and see what was going on, because today was a pretty good pay attention day if you're at all considering inside the numbers. The early thoughts, this is before the opening bell, we're already angling for where the market is likely headed. We have what we want to see the market open if you're bullish, it's a 29.31, and we use this as a guideline first thing in the morning, the market's not open yet, this is the early thoughts. But as usual, we let them open and conduct the morning rush slash shakeout operation. Keep that in mind for when we go back to the charts. 9.35, shakeout underway. Let's give Trick and Company time to do their thing. Couple of stocks on the move, hitting numbers, doing their thing. We'll get to those in a moment. Let's continue on with the S&P 500. Let's put it in perspective. Here's the SPY five-minute chart. The first five minutes of the day... The market gaps up. It's everything to the right of the vertical line. So the market gaps higher. It is bullish at the open. It looks bullish. But we have the awareness. That's why I remind traders all the time about the morning shakeout operation. Doesn't matter whether the market's going down, whether the market's going up. Most traders just don't know that they're going to conduct a shakeout operation to shake out the Johnny-come-latelys, the FOMO traders, all those people, whether they're hopping on the short side or hopping on the long side, there's likely going to be a morning shakeout. Now, there was a zone, it was a little bit wide. It was really 292 all the way down to 
291. Actually, the exact number was a little bit lower than that. It was a little bit of a spike below 291. That was going to be, at least on the first run, support for the market. Not that they were going to get there right away, but you can see what happened early in the morning. First 15, 20 minutes of the day, we're already discussing 290.91. That's the number right down 290.91. This number is important. I knew it was important long before it became important. That's value, folks. Why is that? Because important numbers work two ways. A, they work as a magnet attracting price into them and also they end up to be a destination. So what happens is once price gets there, you're likely to get a reaction in the other direction. Now we know the routine. Sometimes they hang around for a cup of coffee and go on to another destination. Other times winds up to be a low, low of day, close to the low. You've seen it over and over and over again. So we use these important numbers two ways. Already talking about it before 10 a.m. Back to the chart. When did they get to 290.91? 130 in the afternoon, give or take. And you can see here, they did have a bounce. They did fight that number. But what happened was they had another destination in mind. So essentially they hung around for a cup of coffee. But 290.91 was the number. After all, remember the hourly closes within 5, 10 cents of that number. That's not an accident. Here, I'll give you an example. Look at this. 10 minutes before the end of the hour, 14.20 in the afternoon, the low is 290.28. What do they do for the next 20 minutes or so? They fight back to try and get above 290.91. You think that's an accident or a coincidence? No, it's not. Let's move it along. Now, already the market quiets down by about 10 o'clock in the morning. So here's what happens. Very quiet. You've got the current schematic. One of two numbers should represent the morning low. Either 292 or 291. They should get back to at least 293. Hourly close below 290.91 and the bears have the ball. Bulls fumble. 10.12 in the morning. Already talking about that. Now, point of fact. We were talking about the market Finding stability in the morning, the morning low, the morning pivot, call it whatever you want. We talk about it every single day. doesn't happen every single day. It happens most days. Not necessarily a low, but a morning pivot, low or high. So what we were talking about was the market getting back to 293. What's the blue line? 293. When did it happen? 11.10 in the morning. When did we talk about it? 10 o'clock in the morning. How you doing? So that's trade opportunity number one. Let's move it along. For a while, they were taking too long to get up there, but they finally did get up there, as you know, a little after 11 o'clock in the morning. So let's move it along and see what happened after that. 11.10, and there it is, SPY 293. So now we know the next stage or the next step is if they can get above 293, that's bullish. If they can't, it was simply running a test. And if they fall back down, what are they going to do? They're going to go into a chop shop formation from where they just came. 292, 293, 291 and a half in that neighborhood. Let's continue on for a second. Now, I think this is important. 1250, lunchtime look. For Inside the Numbers members that have been around for a while, I do some of this from time to time during the middle of the trading day when I have some time to focus on the bigger picture. So I want you to step back and look at the bigger picture. So here we go. 
Many of you already know what I'm going to say, so that means you're learning. There's no magic here, just stuff we don't know yet. The first candle of the day on the hourly chart is a breakdown candle. Just to get the visual, and it's all a matter of how we look at the market. There's so many ways to look at the market. I like to give a variety of ways, but all the ways should all point to the same thing. If they don't, then there are divergences. Everything to the right of the vertical line is today's activity. The first hourly candle of the day is in fact a breakdown candle. We have something to work with. As time went on, they're making a bearish flaggish formation inside the breakdown candle. So the bull case is they'll want to climb to the top of the candle to around 294, give or take. We know this because they do this all the time. From an intraday perspective, things could look really, really bullish while they're doing that. And all they're really doing is making a test of a number only to get rejected. I'm just saying from a hypothetical standpoint, that's how you can have a short-term bull case and a longer-term bear case and inside one inside the other, what you're seeing is a fractal of a fractal of a fractal. Each chart is essentially a fractal of a larger time frame chart. When all fractals, and by the way, a little bit of a short hop, don't send me an email asking me what a fractal is. Type into Google fractal and look it up that way. It's a lot quicker. When each fractal matches up with the next one, that's when you know that all trends lead to the same answer, all charts are leading to the same answer. If it walks like a duck and talks like a duck, guess what? It's a duck. So we have a bear case. They hang around down at the bottom of the hourly breakdown candle and go lower into the end of the day or into Wednesday. Hmm. Lunchtime look. So now we have two things on our plate in terms of a bear case. We have 290.91 and we have a type of pattern, a bearish flaggish formation that seems to be developing. Now those two items during the trading day are front and center on the table. Let's keep moving along. Are you getting the point here? Sometimes you're learning things. Sometimes you're in a trade as a result of the commentary. Sometimes you're not taking a trade as a result of the commentary. Sometimes you get out of a trade as a result of the commentary, one you might have been in for a lot longer or larger of a loss. There's a lot of different ways to look at this. 122, where are they now? SPY did the thing where they run the test of the earlier cited price, 290.91. It's showtime for the bulls. We know the deal. They need to close hourly above or the bears will drive price below the big fat round number of ES2900 and our favorite gap of 2902. This is the tour guide stuff, folks. Let's continue on. I think you get the point from here. I'm not going to belabor the point of what happened in the afternoon. You can stop the video and read the notes at your leisure. What we're going to do now is go back to the charts because I want to show you another example of how that fractal thing works out. So we'll use this 15-minute chart as an example. Now this candle we'll use as this example. It's not the greatest example in the world or candle to use, but you'll get the point. So we'll call this a breakdown candle, and you can see what happened as price either is going to make a push lower after going sideways in a continuation move, or they're going to work their way up to test the high of the breakdown candle, and then they're going to make a decision on whether they bust through or turn around and go back in the other direction. Now, a lot of times they like to go test the highs. So when you look at smaller time frames, 
shorter time frame charts. And this is one of them. A 15 minute chart, as far as I'm concerned, is a short time frame. There's a five minute chart. So we're over here. 950 is the candle in question. So price went to run up to test the high of that breakdown candle that came in around what? 293. That's the same 293 we saw from before. So on a very short term chart, they're running up to test the high of the breakdown candle. On an hourly chart, they may not get to the high of its breakdown candle. As you'll note, the first hourly close of the day doesn't close till 1030 and the high was 294.24. So the hourly was simply just eating time off the clock, running sideways, didn't even eat too much time off the clock today, ended up collapsing either way. So you can see based on the different time frames what the market is actually doing. While the hourly chart can be putting in a bearish formation, a shorter time frame chart can be handing you a long trade or a bullish trade. Why is that? Because the top and bottom of breakdown or breakup candles, they act as magnets to price, just like important numbers do. Full circle. Where are we headed? Well, we already said that if in fact the market got below and closed below 288, that was trouble for the bulls, good news for the bears. The next stop would be 285. Guess what? They're already below in the after hour session 285, which means the market continued to get killed after the close. The next stop below 285 is 283.50. That's going to be another showtime for the bulls. Not going to be so easy for the bears to get price to close below 283.50. And guess what? If they do, 279 is on the table rather rapidly. Short hop, I almost forgot to do stocks on the move. There's some stuff we should look at in there. We have to look at the good, the bad, and the ugly. We had a lot register as jump target. We're going to talk about that. IR, EQM hit, Gilead, G-I-L-D hit, Chef, C-H-E-F, jump target, Zillow, jump target. The hell's going on? What, were your targets all wrong today? Well, look at this one. The first one, IR. So they did it again. Right before the open, they're hovering above the price. 27.51 was the number on the board. Check this out. Opening print of the day, 27.51, low 27.45. This one certainly goes in the redonkulous camp. The high was 29.40 by 10.20 in the morning. You can do the math on what type of percentage gain that is. I'll give you a hint. It's big. And look what happened. It came all the way back down to stop where? 27.51. How do you not sign up for inside the numbers after seeing stuff like this? And by the way, whether or not you took the trade, got into the trade, got filled, didn't get filled, either way, it's the point of the numbers for crying out loud. How about EQM? EQM went through the number. Was this a trade or a no trade? Quick answer, it was a no trade. It hit towards the end of the day after eating time off the clock above the number. It's eating time off the clock because why? Because it's headed to another destination from the one it just paid a visit to. It's too close to the number. We don't want this trade. Gilead, 79.52 was the number. You can see what happened. That provided support, but it never really got very far. They had a nice bounce. It gave the deal. It went back to about 80 bucks, but it wasn't able to get through 80 bucks. Once it came back down, it went to the second number. 
It only spent a few minutes at the second number, then it busted through. So I would say this. The first number worked for a base hit. I'm not sure who's taking a trade late in the day at the second number. If some traders did, worked for a minute and then it didn't work. And you have to coincide that or you have to realize that that coincides with the market at the time getting taken out behind the woodshed. Basically, it's a rising tide lifts all boats. But also, if the tide goes out, everything's going to get stuck on a sandbar. So you have to understand what's going on in the overall tape when you're after the morning rush later in the trading day. That stuff matters. Here's another one. Chef. This one opens up right below the number. The opening print, 1327, 1336 was the number. Any trader that didn't buy because of that, yours truly included, had to watch it go on without them. Unless, of course, they hopped on board. That's trader's choice. Just for the record, it's not something I do. I'm either a player at the number. It either gives me the deal or not. I don't chase stuff around, and I don't recommend anybody else does. It's generally a recipe for disaster. And here's what the other thing. When it works, you chase something and you make money. It gives you a false sense that it's okay to do that. The takeaway, the numbers work, so it went below at the opening bell, 1336. Guess what? Look at this haircut it was getting at the open. Closing price yesterday, 1462. Gets a buzz cut right into the number. How many times do you have to see this or get slapped in the face before you come on board? Let's look at a couple of other things as it relates to the spider. Here's a quick one. So on the hourly chart, here's an important pivot low. How do I know it's important? Because the market or the chart is telling me it's important because that's where the market stopped and went back in the other direction. So this low here is going to be important, 284. So by the time the bell rang, the lowest they got on the board was 286.55, quite a distance from 284. But just from eyeballing the chart, I can tell you 284 is going to be something, some semblance of support one way or the other under normal garden variety market conditions. How do I know that? Because I've been staring at these charts for so long that I just know that. How do we prove that? Here's the aftermarket activity. We're around 284. The low so far is 284.13. That's close enough, certainly for after hours activity. It's not rocket science. We just end up training our eyes to focus in on and pick up certain important things on the chart. So that candle alone provides two important things. It provides a standout low, pivot low, and it also provides a gap. Now we move over to a 120-minute chart. Let's see what we find over here. If we're looking below current price, we know about the 284. We know 285 was going to be important. We have a 100-period moving average at 283. Where does that come in? Just to get the visual, you can see it's in an area that the market went back and forth through a number of times. In fact, here's the market having to gap above that spot around 282 and a half, 283 to get above it, came back to double check at it, found support, went back up. So here we are again. So I'm just using the data that's on the chart from recent past after putting a visual representation of where that spot is. And what I did was I simply picked out the 100 period moving average on the 120 minute chart. I did that in real time, not knowing what I was going to find. You don't have to believe that, but that's the truth. 
I do that all the time. I do it on every chart. I'll do it on a 240 chart and I'll pick out a different moving average. I want to see where it goes. Maybe there's nothing there. Then I just move on. But when I see something like this, I say, all right, that's got to be an important spot somewhere around there. So I continue on. I take that off. I know about 283, give or take on either side. Now I want to look around at other charts. I want to refine things to see if other ways, other technical analysis can point to that number. And the more things that point to that spot or in and around that number, the more reason I have to believe and the more confidence that I have to trust my work that that number is going to be what? important and that folks is the way it's done so let's put my money where my mouth is what's on this chart 240 chart 50 period moving average different moving average different chart same price 283 just below it now i'm not saying whether that number is or will not be support inside the numbers members will have that i'm just saying that's how the work is done that was step one maybe step one and two it's a multi-step process where do you find the rest of the steps? Lazy e-mini trader. There's no secrets here, folks. Just stuff we haven't learned yet. Stuff we don't know yet. IWM. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Well, all of a sudden, and this is all a matter of visual and perspective. It's interesting, though. A day ago, I'm telling you that we're going to challenge the old highs looking to bust through the highs. Now, what we have on our hands is, in fact, at present, a lower high right here. Now you've got a lower high. That's a bearer sign. Here you go. Welcome to the party. How come you didn't tell me yesterday to be short? I didn't know yesterday to be short. However, I knew from SPY 290.91. That was about 60 S&P handles ago. Maybe closer to 70 if you do the new math. What's going on down at the transportation department? We talked about this being A, my favorite or second favorite market leading indicator, but favorite canary in the coal mine. A little bit of a rope-a-dope popped up above the moving averages, now back down below. What else do you have on the board? Here is another down move and one of these bearish wedgish formations, bearish flaggish, generally speaking, continuation move down here. You have a gap window area. You have a gap to be filled area, you have a bearish pattern, and you have writing on the wall. Nothing wrong with the cues, nothing wrong with the cues, nothing wrong with the cues. Reversal day, how you doing? All of a sudden, you have to take notice. All of a sudden, something wrong. The market is showing you on the chart, it's a reversal day. It's a pickup in volume. Not tremendous, but it is what it is. It's of note. It's a puzzle piece. It goes on the table. Did the S&P 500 pick up in volume? Yes, it did. Not tremendous, but a pickup. Again, puzzle piece on the table. What's the prize for the Qs? If the Qs got crushed for a couple of days, where would this trader be willing to pick up the Qs? If we got it down to around 211, 210 and a half all day long. Without the financials, the market's going nowhere in either direction. We talked about this one. Maybe this was our canary in the coal mine. We had the convergence of those two moving averages, the 20 and the 50. Price was riding them. Can certainly call it a bullish pattern that could have exploded to the upside, although it was capping price. And here we are, until and unless they can get above those moving averages, 
it's no dice. Where are they headed? 20 and a half, and then a spike through of 20 bucks. Smash Mouth Reversal Candle took out three days worth of activity. Also on a pickup in volume. So all the markets are telling us the same thing. The obscure thing to do, the 20% of the 80-20 rule, is that we wake up tomorrow to a huge gap higher and the market continues to go up and we bust through the highs that we couldn't get through for two days. That's the 20% in the 80-20 rule. The 80-20 rule says, the duck says, that the market has lower to go, period, full stop. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, and without you, these videos are not possible? True and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here. It's everything I wanted to and intended to discuss. So that'll be a wrap. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis. Music